Feminism. Now, why would I listen to another podcast about feminism? For my first podcast, I wasn't sure as to what to discuss, and it wasn't until shortly after that I realized that I should probably discuss the most prominent and significant matter in my everyday life. From sparking conversations with strangers, my social circle and friends, to writing about it in the platforms I create online, such as WordPress, I have discussed it for several reasons. The most significant reason, however, is the increase in number of individuals who have formed opinions on the term feminism, who simply associate it with radical feminism. This misconception, or the misconception of the origin of said word, came across my Facebook feed when a friend posted an image stating, Look at how feminism has helped women turn from classy, intelligent, strong women into brain-dead, aggressive messengers. Replacing dignity with depravity, education for ignorance, self-respect for self-loathing, feminism destroys women. Now, this post has two pictures. The one at the top, four women in 1955, covered from head to toe in formal gear, while the one on the bottom included 15 women half-naked holding up signs about crushing the patriarchy. From that description, most educated people on the matter will actually acknowledge the fact that they are radical feminists. However, this post had another comment, and this comment was made by a man. His comment reads, The way they make their voices heard in the 21st century is not very effective. You want to make change? Make yourself respected. Put some clothes on. Talk normally and perhaps people will take you seriously instead of just a wild animal. My unheld response to this image and comment were The fact that you think that a woman's worth and the way they are respected is validated by how they dress or how they talk is why feminism has been around for as long as it has. The women in the picture above weren't respected because they were viewed as inferior and the reason they were covered up as much as they were, what to avoid the criticism that they still get today. The picture below is an example of radical feminism, women who believe in political lesbianism, the ones who are named feminazis. They're a small part of something some women have changed for their own beliefs. Feminism is the belief of equality for both genders and those are liberal feminists. The majority of feminists are liberal feminists. They don't want to be superior to men. They want to be respected. They want the respect that they lack by men who comment on their bodies enough to put a picture of a naked woman as their phone background and still demand that they cover up. It's not just women who are feminists. Just because the name is inclined towards women does not mean it excludes men. The reason it's inclined towards women is because they need to be raised to balance out to how men are respected. This post was made by someone and educated on how much it has helped every woman despite some issues still needed to be fixed. This post, this was when I noticed that the lack of education towards one of the most popular terms used in this wave of feminism was insane. Before discussing this topic any further, however, I will state the significance of the term and the waves that led women to where they are situated. The term feminism originated from its French word stated by the utopian socialist Charles Fourier and was first used in English in the 1890s when associated with the movement of equal political and legal rights for women. Feminism culture, and yes, there is such thing, takes a number of forms, such as feminist geography, feminist history, and feminist literary criticism. Feminism's change 
several aspects of Western society. Feminist political activists have been concerned with issues such as individual autonomy, political rights, social freedom, economic independence, abortion, reproductive rights, divorce, workplace rights, including maternity leave and equal pay, education, putting an end to domestic violence, gender stereotyping, discrimination, sexism, objectification, and prostitution. In this podcast, I want to also try to give whoever's listening uh, a strong idea of what the foundation and basis of the term feminism is in order to allow you, if you're not already a feminist, to form your own opinion, but with a really good, solid understanding at first of what it truly is. In order to do that, we have to talk about the waves of feminism. We have the first wave of feminism, which focused on equal rights and equal legal rights of contract and property, as well as opposition to chattel marriages and ownership of married women and their children by husbands. A vindication of the rights of women written by Mary Wollstonecraft in 1742 is considered a germinal essay of feminism. By the end of the 19th century, activism focused primarily on gaining political power and women's suffrage. And in the United States, um, the first wave feminism is considered to have ended with the passage of the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution in 1919, granting women the right to vote. Second wave feminism. Second wave feminism saw cultural and political inequalities, and the movement encouraged women to understand aspects of their own personal lives. It is important to note that while first-wave feminism focused upon absolute rights such as suffrage, second-wave feminism was largely concerned with other issues of equality, for example, the end to gender discrimination in society, in education, and in the workplace, matters that we're still trying to tackle today. Then, lastly, third-wave feminism. The third wave feminism has its origins in the mid-1980s with black feminist leaders and feminist leaders rooted in the second wave like Gloria Anthaldua, Bell Hooks, Cherie Moraga, Audre Lorde, Maxine Hong Kingston and a lot of other black feminists who reached to negotiate a lot of prominent space within feminism and feminist thought for consideration of race-related subjectivities. This is important to note because I've been asked several times about the reason behind labeling myself a feminist. I've been asked, what is there left to solve? I often respond with Martin E. Muller's statement, the one I came across years ago when I was still starting conversations about equal rights and the voice I was privileged to have due to the work of the past feminists that I still look up to. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one else left to speak for me. I am well aware of the fact that I have privileges that I wouldn't have had. However, it is because of these privileges that I feel the need to use them for those who don't have a hold of them. I speak about feminism for the women and girls who don't yet have a right to education, for the illiterate women who will not reach the platforms that we have formed, the ones who do not get the freedom to listen to podcasts and have a laptop in the room to share their ideas, for the women who will not get to read inspiring individuals, or those who cannot have an occupation aside from occupying the role of a stay-at-home mom, for the girls who are raped, who don't know the word due to the normalization of the act, for the traditional roles that no one can change as their lives would be in danger to do so. I am a feminist because I am proud of Malala and Frida Kahlo. 
because I am where I am due to their actions and their minds, because I can study a bachelor's degree in journalism, and my biggest concern is being afraid of walking alone in the way that femininity is viewed in the workplace, because I get mansplained in my lessons and I'm not yet as hurt as men are. I will help these issues. I will help change these issues. However, I will prioritize the concerns that limit these women's lives because I get to go home after a long day with my own limits created by society years ago, yet these limitations follow them everywhere. They have limitations that follow them everywhere. I am a liberal feminist and I want to raise women to the status that men have held on to and I want men to help raise them in their sense of unity because I don't want to burn my bras and follow political lesbianism, because I don't want or want to agree with the road taken by radical feminism. I simply want to carry on the origin of the word, the one that has helped women in the Western societies and the one that will help those in less developed societies, the ones who will be calling themselves feminists when they're no longer afraid to do so.